Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, Quoted from the book of Joel, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. And they will prophesy. Father, thank you for this time. I declare that your word will go forth. It will not return void. I'm asking for wisdom understandings to be given, and particularly for the days in which we live. And I just ask for your help and your grace and your inspiration in Jesus' name. Hey, did you realize that 60% of the members of the body of Christ are women? Did you know that in the intercessors, that 80% of intercessors are women? And you go, well, what's that got to do with the prophetic? A little bit of everything, because often intercessors are highly prophetically oriented. Absolutely. Some of the greatest generals in the army of God are anointed prophetic women. And you go, hey, buddy, you better give me some more biblical grounding for this. Well, I have in my new book, in the eighth chapter, I have a whole section on prophetic women. And I go through so many in the Bible women called prophetesses in Scripture. How about Miriam, the prophetess, Aaron's sister? Oh, she was a prophetess and a forerunner in praise and worship. Really? Absolutely. How about Huldah was another early prophetess in Israel? The prophetess was the keeper. Get this. This is just, I love it. She was into fashion. Yeah, that's prophetic? Yeah, all of the creative arts surrendered unto God can be anointed in the prophetic. And Hulda, it says that she was the keeper of the wardrobe, sought the prophetic word of the Lord on behalf of the young king Josiah. 
Or how about an unnamed woman? But you've heard of Isaiah before, right? I mean, the longest book, one of the longest books in the Bible, 66 chapters, is written by Isaiah. But did you know that he was married? And that his wife is, her name is not even mentioned, except an unnamed woman who was Isaiah's wife. Almost nothing was recorded about her, as Isaiah mentioned her once only, Isaiah 8.3. And I went to the prophetess, uh-oh, and yeah, and she brings a son. But that prophetess he's talking about is his wife. And so, the fruit of multiplication, look at this. Already those that I've already briefly exposed you to were in the arts, they were in fashion, they are helpers, helpers to others with perhaps you could call it a larger platform. How about Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, the cousin of Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ? Both of these devout women were active in prayer, worship, and faithful and waiting on the Lord for what? The fulfillment of the prophetic destiny. There are so many. There's Anna in the New Testament. She was a praying prophetess brought together, of course, with Simeon in Luke chapter 2. How about Deborah and Barak, a prophetic duet couple? Yeah, I, I, I just love all this so much. How about Philip in the New Testament? You say, but that's a man. I know, just hold on. In Acts chapter 21, verse 19, verse 9, excuse me, it says, Philip, known as the evangelist, had four virgin daughters who were prophetesses. Oh, come on now. That says a whole lot, too. Joining of the generations, joining of the genders, and purity. In the prophetic. No more, no more divas. Purity in the prophetic. I've gone on a long journey, and I could give you, you know, how about J.L. and her valiant part to serve the purposes of God as she prophesied along with Deborah. And there's Lydia, and she's the first woman, she's the first believer who opens an apostolic door to the continent of Europe for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. She was, guess what? She was a wealthy businesswoman, a maker and seller of purple fabrics. She was a prophetic businesswoman who was a gatekeeper to an entire continent for the gospel. Or how about... Oh, yeah, it goes on and on and on. So, how about some prominent women in church history? By the way, let me give you a clue. I did research some years ago on this whole controversial subject of men and women, ministry roles and leadership roles. And I came to a real simple basic conclusion. When it's harvest time, there really isn't much controversy in the church on whom God uses. Because you're so hungry for God just to do anything for the sake of the harvest, to disciple people, to speak the word of the Lord into culture and into lives and in church. 
that what I've observed is that when it's harvest time, there isn't as much the, the theological debates on God uses this one, God doesn't use that one, God can't use that one, and all of this. I've found this as a historical pattern. Catherine Booth, where her husband emerged when it was harvest time. Amy Simple McPherson, who was an apostolic prophetic woman of signs and wonders, starts an entire denomination called the Foursquare Gospel. It was harvest time. Catherine Kuhlman, moving in profound healings and miracles and words of knowledge. It was harvest time. People, guess what? It's harvest time. I want to encourage you out there. I want to encourage you women out there. I want to encourage you men out there. Put in the sickle for the harvest is ripe. Oh, my goodness. My burden right now is, yes, women in the prophetic, but my burden is the harvest. And I want to see as many people be empowered by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you say, yeah, but I don't have a platform. Oh, yeah, you do. Your home can be your platform. Your podcast, your blog, your social media can be your platform. Your your wardrobe that you, oh, you're a consultant, yes, can be your prophetic platform. Your prayer closet like Anna. <laughs> That's my prime <laughs> you guys listen to me. I've traveled the world, but you know what? My greatest platform is not before men and women. My greatest platform, my greatest place is before God. And I want to invite you, whether you're male or female or old or young, that you can make history before the throne of the Almighty God. Well, let's go back to prominent women in church history. How about people like Vibia Perpetua from 181 to 203, one of the first women prophetesses in the early church? How about Joan of Arc in 1712 to 7 to 4, excuse me, 1412 to 1431? How about Madame Jean Guion, another French mystic prophetesses in the 1600s? Susanna Wesley, Catherine Booth, Fanny Crosby, Maria Woodworth Eder in 1844 to 1924. I mentioned Amy Simple McPherson. How about Amy Carmichael, 1867 to 1951? Lydia Prince, now, now Mother St. Teresa of Calcutta, who just went to be with the Lord 20 years ago. Basilea Slink, a German woman theological, who started a whole Protestant movement in the Lutheran Church. Highly prophetic. Guess what? How about St. Teresa of Avila? There is more written in church history about the life of this Spanish Carmelite woman moving in ecstatic trances than there is about any other individual in all of church history, people. It was a woman, a Spanish poor woman, who was a co-founder of the Carmelites with St. John, John of the Cross, wrote one of the most astounding 
read books to this day called The Interior Castle. Did you know that your writing can be prophetic? Your prayers can be prophetic. Your recipes can be prophetic. Your poetry can be prophetic. Your songwriting is, I live in Nashville. I am around prophetic people. But sometimes they don't think they're prophetic because they're musicians. Oh, David was a musician. Oh, yeah. How about the Proverbs 31 woman? Oh, I think there's a lot of... She She was a real estate agent at one point. She also made clothes. Uh, and she... she. You know what one of her great delights was? Her husband sat at the, at the city gates. Her husband was an elder at the gates of the city. And this Proverbs 31 woman was highly prophetic because she saw that her ministry unto the Lord and to her husband was helping him be governmental. Oh, there's so many applications. There's so many ways. I want to encourage you. You do not have to be a Catherine Coleman. You have to be you. You have to be secure in your identity of who you are in Christ Jesus. I remember I had a dream some years ago. And on the outside of this journal, it said 1988, 1989. And I would open up this journal, and the journal was filled with prayers and vows and commitments. And I could read it. It was fascinating to me in the dream. The first page, and wow, that's interesting about that person. Oh, that's interesting. I turned to the fourth page, and up at the top, my name was there. And it said, and I went by Jim at the time instead of James, and it said, I, Jim, call. Vowed to be all that I can be in Christ Jesus. And I vowed to be the unique vessel that God has created me to be. Now, how many of you know out there out there know that I am a bit of a unique bird, okay? But so are you. So are you. When God made you with his cookie cutter, He threw that cookie cutter away because we're all made unique and distinct. Now, my issue is not to be the most unique prophet in the world. No, 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 no. My issue is I want to be secure in my identity in Christ Jesus. And yet at the same time, I want to be unique. I didn't even know I had prayed that prayer that God did, and he showed it to me in a dream. He said, but James, this doesn't relate to women in the prophetic. Just hold on, we're getting there. I, James Gull, vow to be all that I can be in Christ Jesus. And I vow to be the unique vessel that God has created me to be. And then my prayer of commitment went on. And why was it interesting the journal was 1988? Because 1988 was the year of the birthing of the modern prophetic movement. Folks, we're there again. Eight's the number of a new beginning. Eight, eight, double new beginnings. And I made a commitment then that God knew. And then the the other part of the prayer I read in my own journal in a dream, and it said, and I vow to help others be all that they can be in Christ Jesus. And I vowed to help others be the unique vessel that God has created them to be. And then after my name and after my prayer, there were names that were written there, men and women, both, that some I knew 
And then it went on, and there were names written there that I didn't know any of those names. And then after that, there were blanks, blank slots, blank slots, blank slots that filled up the whole page. Later, I wondered, what's all of that about? And then one by one, I actually met every single person's name that was on that list. And I didn't know them before. And I ended up being able to help, whether in a short period of time or a long period of time, help them become more that they could be in Christ Jesus and to be the unique, and in this case, often prayer and prophetic. And you know whose names were also in that list? One of those names that was in that list was my late wife, Michael Ann Gall. Because part of my role was to help her be all that she could be in Christ Jesus. And part of my role was to help her be the unique vessel that God had created and called her to be. I remember the weird day that Bob Jones called me, Papa Seer Bob Jones called me up on the phone. And he said, whip. I saw your wife today, and I went, okay, why didn't you see me? That's all I wanted to say. And he said, yep, she's going to be the first of 300 women going to be released into the prophetic. My mind went reeling. I go, she can't be the first of three, my my rational reason, or, you know. And I went, yeah, she can't be the first of 300 women. There's already been over 300 people. I mean, I I can't take it to the Bible. And I had to go pause. No, Bob's trying to say something. And you know what? I didn't have a page for what he said because she was Betty Crocker homemaker. And her goal was not to have a great platform. Her goal was to be a devoted wife and a loving mother. And she succeeded really well. Well, I had this dream in 1988. And one of the names that was like people signing up to like that I got to be a part of helping coach and and whatever was her. And so then it's after that, it's about five years after this, that the lightning bolt strikes in our backyard at 1159 at night. And the man comes and stands. Well, lightning bolt comes through the bedroom window. The man comes and he stands in our um, bedroom. I'm, I wake up. She's still asleep. And the man, the angel, speaks to me and says, watch your wife. I'm about to speak to her. And I go, oh, my gosh, Bob Jones' word is true. (laughs) Yeah, it was. So it was a, a contextual word of the time because God visited our home for nine straight weeks. And part of what changed was me. I changed in some of my understanding of the Bible And I changed from going through a test of controlling to empowering. And she changed, and she became a lioness that roared and changed spiritual atmospheres. I've also learned through the years now, it's not the length of years, it's the depth of of your impact. Someone out there needs to hear that right now. You say, yeah, but I'm I'm like 60 and I don't know if I can like, yeah, I'll step into it now. Give the next 20 years of your life. 
You say, but but I'm just a little girl and I'm only 14. Well, be a Mary and consecrate yourself unto the Lord. And God would do great and mighty things through you because the scripture I opened up with, God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh and men and women, they will prophesy. And guess what? In that verse quoted from Joel, it shows the joining of the generations and it shows the joining of genders. No competition, but divine cooperation. It also shows it takes a young man's vision to fulfill an old man's dream. And that's one of the reasons why I'm still around. I'm here to give a word of encouragement today from my new book, The Prophet, Creating and Sustaining a Life-Giving Prophetic Culture. I'm here to say it's harvest time, and we need you to be all that you can be in Christ Jesus. We need to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into the fields. One of my greatest joys, one of the great joys I have today in my life is being a coach and a cheerleader to strong women in leadership in the body of Christ today. You know why? I think sometimes they feel safe with me because they know I passed a test myself years ago. Now, that's part of my story. What's your story? I want you to be all that you can be in Christ Jesus. I want you to be not weird, not independent. That's not what the word unique means. I don't want you to be a diva. I don't want you out there to be a nag, and I don't want you to to be a whatever else. But I want you to turn that influencer over to God. I want you to turn that nag thing over and be an intercessor. That's what that is. It's just unredeemed. Turn it over. Turn it over. Turn it over to God. And guess what? He will take your weakness and he will make it into a place of his great, great grace. So let me pray a closing prayer that deals partially with security in your identity, whether male or female, that we can be totally secure in our identity as chosen sons and daughters of the King. Father, we are thankful for all the progress that has been made over the centuries and decades within the church to ensure that women can be welcomed and become all that they can be in Christ Jesus. And we call forth prophetic women to be modern-day Annas, Deborahs, Priscillas, for the sake of this generation and the generations to come. Raise them up. May prophetic women everywhere flourish in a culture of honor to the end that they can influence every sphere of public and church life, helping you to expand your glorious kingdom for Jesus Christ's sake and in his name I pray. This is James Gall, and I'm just bringing you some clips from out of my new book, The Prophet, about creating and sustaining a prophetic culture of life, because guess what? We do it better together. And I encourage you to go deep in God, let your roots go down, 
and bear incredible fruit because it's harvest time. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.